Welcome to the Confident Parent Podcast, where we want to help you feel confident in your role of raising kids who have a thriving relationship with Jesus. I'm your host, Joshua Humpa. I'm the children's pastor at Oak Creek Assembly of God for the past six years and parent of two spectacular kids. I want to invite you right now to subscribe to this podcast so that you can be the first to get brand new content when it comes out. The Confident Parent comes out on the second Wednesday of every month. If you've been enjoying this podcast, would you please rate us with a five-star rating? And while you listen to this episode, if there's anybody that's in your life that you think would really benefit from hearing this, go ahead and share this with them. In this episode, we're going to discover patterns and techniques that you can use today to lead your family to engage with the Bible. Our hope is that at the end of this episode, you will feel confident to interact with the living Word of God and that you got this. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Confident Parent. I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, We have somebody that I've gotten to work with for the past uh, two years now that's just has blown me away just with how amazing she is in the role that she plays here at the church. Uh, We have Carrie Lutter, who is our preschool director here at the church. Uh, She's going to be sharing with us today and helping us kind of understand how to create patterns for our families in reading the Bible. Carrie, can you say hi to everybody? Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me today. (laughs) Carrie, can you tell us a little bit about about who you are? Tell us about your family and then um, what is it that you do here at the church as a preschool director? Sure. So I have been married to my husband, Aaron, for just a little over 10 years. We got married in February of 2009, and I joined the church here shortly or right after that. The weekend after was my first Sunday here at Oak Creek. And then um, we've actually been blessed with three little boys. Our oldest is Seth. He's six years old. Our middle child is Gabriel. He just turned four in April. And then our youngest, Isaac, is one and a half. And these kids are just the best. Uh just in my interactions with them at church and then the stories that Carrie tells me, oh man, your kids, your boys are funny. Yeah, they're funny. They give us a lot of stories to tell, which is great. <laughs> and Aaron, your husband, solid guy. You, he is. The, He's the just, best. You two are just a dynamic duel. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, something fun is that Carrie and I, um, like a long time ago, almost 10 years ago now, when I just graduated high school, we played on a volleyball team at church together way before either of us were working at the church. Mm-hmm. And... Good memories. And now we're here together at the church. Yeah. It's so weird how life turns out. It's cool. Wild. Wild times. Yeah. Well, today we're, I'm excited because we're talking about the Bible and making the Bible an important part of our family. And so um, little known fact about Carrie is that she was part of this program called Bible Quiz. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Carrie, can you tell us a little bit about Bible Quiz? So Bible Quiz is a program that our church here actually participates in too. So last year was my son's first year in Bible Quiz. Um, But I did it since I was his age. So when I was five years old, I started in Bible Quiz in the Pee Wee Bible Quiz, which is a fun name for it. But um, we learned all kinds of facts about the Bible. And so my brother and myself, also we both participated. So my brother is three years older than me. So he started well before my time, and I started doing it because I wanted to be just like him and learn all these cool things about the Bible. And then my parents were the leaders at our church, so they coached for as long as we were participating in it. And we had some of the best times as kids in this program with other kids in our church. And 
um, one of the highlights was our team took first place at state one year. And Whoa. so we went to regionals where we also took first place. Whoa. You know, and that involved a lot of cool travel with the other families and staying in hotels, which was good experiences. And then we went to nationals. Whoa. And, um, we placed eighth there, which was really, really cool from this little church in small town, Wisconsin, yeah. 200 people. But it was awesome. And all of those things that we learned stayed in our brains all this time and my brother came home last year for thanksgiving and one of the things that we got to do was have my oldest seth bible quiz against his uncle chris oh how do you do um seth won (laughs) but my brother claims that's because there's new cards this year so (laughs) (laughs) but it was really cool to just see that all of those things stayed in his mind and yeah um, that my, you know, it's fun family things that we can do right. together now, even with us being in our thirties. Yeah. It's really great. I was in Bible quiz as a kid as well. And so I, I tell people this all the time when talking to parents about Bible quiz today, when I try to get kids to get involved in it, is that I learned more about the Bible through Bible quiz and remember more than I did by learning in college, which was mm-hmm. like a Christian college and like classes about the Bible. And that Bible quiz is such a solid program. But we're going to talk more about that later um, and like what Bible quiz is and how it can help your family and your kids learn more about the Bible. Um, But with that, we're going to talk about what the Bible is and kind of break it down. Because in our audience today, for those that are listening, um, there's some of you that you probably know way more than either Carrie or I combined know about the Bible. And then there's some of you who are just learning and figuring this stuff out now. And so we just kind of wanted to to level the playing field so that going in as a parent, you know exactly what the Bible is and why it's important for our life. And so I have some Bible quiz questions that I have for Carrie, see if she can remember these, and uh, that'll help us understand a little bit of the Bible trivia and, and what it is. So Carrie, what is the Bible? The Bible is the inspired word of God and is his plan to all people of himself and his plan for salvation. <laughs> Correct, for 10 points. That's great. Carrie. How many books are in the Bible? There are 66 books in the Bible. That's right. So the Bible is a big book compiled of a lot of little books, mm-hmm. 66 of those. And how many different people wrote the Bible? About 40. Correct. Mundo for another 10 points. That's right. So 40 different men wrote 66 different books. And at, at no point were these written to be compiled together. They're all completely different separate books. And then um, later on in history, in about 300 um, AD, these were compiled. There were some some uh, steps that had to be taken to make sure that these were they lined up with who God was and the theology was was solid and it was good and uh, and then they combined these books together and ta-da we got the Bible. But in, as Carrie said, it's the inspired word of God. And so Carrie, this is another Bible quiz question. <laughs> how did the authors? I'm going to butcher this question, but how did the authors of the Bible um, know what to write down? Do you know this Bible quiz question? I don't remember the exact answer. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe we should get Seth in here and he can tell yeah, us. Yeah, he probably could. <laughs> the Holy Spirit inspired, and you said this with the answer of what the Bible is, the Holy Spirit inspired these writers. So mm-hmm. the writers, they wrote on their own free will. Like they literally penned the paper. They were in control of their bodies. But the Holy Spirit spoke to them, through them, and wrote down so that everything that's in the Bible is completely inspired. And what makes the Bible even more interesting and fascinating is that each of these guys, all 40 of them, are real people. They're real dudes. They're historical people. None of it's this manufactured, like, mythical stuff. It's all either people that saw these things firsthand and wrote it or interviewed people that saw it firsthand and got backup, backup, backup stories to line it up. And 
everything in the Bible, it's everything lines up historically accurate, which is pretty amazing, right? It is. And the Bible is important because it it's God's revelation to us, and it tells us how we can live our lives because God created it all. Can you tell tell us how? Why is the Bible important to you, Carrie? The Bible is really it's the kind of the anchor for our lives. So when I'm going through a situation or if I want to know how to parent my kids better, if I want to know how to love my husband better or how to love other people more, that should really be where I turn first. And that's yeah. you know why Bible quiz was such a great start too. It's where you know I can look back or I can just remember the Holy Spirit will put words in my head that I learned when I was six years old. You know, that gives me... Um, gives me the the right steps to move forward in my life. Um, and it helps me know my creator more and what he wants me to do with my life. And what's great about the Bible is that no matter what situation we're going through, it has something to say about everything, about how God views it and the way that God created us to interact with people, with ourselves, and with him. And so that's why the Bible is so important uh, for us as followers of Christ and for just people. It gives us a purpose. It gives us a reason for why life is the way that it is. So the Bible's changed my life. Um, I, every day I spend time in the Word, and, and Carrie, you do as well, and we'll talk yeah. about that in a second. Um, but even now, you know, having been having been a Christian my whole life, I'm sure you, you, you'll agree to this, mm -hmm. every single day that I read the Bible, there's something new that comes alive from it that I didn't think about it this way, or like, wow, this is really speaking to me the way that my life is right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um, the older we get, the things that we're dealing with or the um, stage of life that we're in, it's completely different. And so when you read the Bible in different seasons of your life, then different things pop up to you that you wouldn't have noticed before. Yeah. So the Bible isn't just a bunch of like kids fairy tale stories. Like it's, it's real life stuff. It's historical documents of what's taken place. And then um, understandings on how to live a Christian life, a godly Jesus influenced life. And so uh, before we dive into how to establish some patterns as a family, one of the things that Carrie and I agreed on is that if you want your family to be centered on the Word of God, if you want it to be balanced um, in the Bible, you want your kids to have a strong desire to read the Bible on their, on their own, well, then it first has to begin by you as the parent reading the Bible every day and setting the example for your kids. And so Carrie and I, we wanted to talk about uh, the ways that we read the Bible, because we do it differently. Um, and there is no one way to do it. I think whatever season of life you're in, there's different ways that you can read the Bible. So Carrie, can you tell us what's your kind of your your pattern, your setup for, for reading the Bible daily? What do you do? So it typically was early in the morning I would get up before the kids were up, and I would open up the Bible and read myself. Um, recently, this is actually the first year that Seth has been home from school in the summer, and so he doesn't take naps anymore. So we're in this new season of life where he's awake. Um, and I really wanted to stress to him the importance of seeing me read the Bible, too. So while the other two kids are napping in the afternoon and he's kind of having his quiet time, reading time himself, then that's when I've been pulling out my Bible and reading. So it's in front of him. It's a visual yeah. for him to have. Um and I, I've tried a lot of different ways of reading the Bible. So mm -hmm. 
A lot of people really love the one-year Bible. I'm yeah. currently trying that. It's a lot in one day for me. I'm not a great historical reader, even yeah. though it's life application too. I'm not great with history. So mm-hmm. um, sometimes I pull out the one-year Bible and I can make it halfway through the daily reading, but that's still great mm-hmm. because I'm in God's word. Um, other times I've just kind of opened up a different book of the Bible. So for a season I was in the book of James and just really digging into James and reading bits and pieces from that. Um, but I've taken a lot of different avenues, but right now that's kind of where I am is working through the one year Bible to try and understand, um, new Testament, old Testament, Proverbs, Psalms all at the same time. Yeah. That's, what's really nice about the one year Bible reading plan. And that's what I do. And that's what I've been doing for the last couple of years is the one year Bible reading plan. Cause then you get through the whole Bible, all 66 books in one full calendar year. Uh, and so the way that I do it is I'm very much an audio person. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I listen to a lot of audio books. And so every morning uh, as I'm getting ready or as I'm in the shower, I turn on this, this, this app called the Daily Audio Bible. Um, when I got it a couple of years ago, actually almost almost 10 years ago now, um, it was a dollar. So I'm not sure what it is now, but it was a buck and it's been awesome for me. And so every day, this guy, he's an incredible, got this great voice, really good at like <laughs> enunciating, making it, the Bible come alive. But he just, he reads the one-year Bible reading plan. So a little bit from the Old Testament, which is the first 39 books of the Bible about life bef- with God and people before Jesus came. A little bit about the New Testament, which is Jesus and everything on from that. Uh, a little bit of Psalms, which is a bunch of like songs that mostly David, a king from Israel wrote. And then Proverbs, which is like one, nuggets of hey, this is nuggets of truth. And so he reads those to me. I listen to it. And, uh, and then he usually shares some sort of devotion at the end from the, from the reading. And for me, that's, that's been great because I just, I'm not good at reading. I shouldn't say I'm not good at reading. It's just that I lose track. Like I'll read like a big paragraph and my mind will start to wander. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh man, I have no idea what I just read. I have to reread it again. And so uh, for me, I want to get the word in. I want to hear from God every single day. And so listening to it has been really instrumental for me. And so we want to set a pattern for our kids to see us, to hear us doing this, and so that our kids know this is important to mom and dad, so it probably should be important to me as well, right? Absolutely. And so if we're not doing that, if we're not setting that example for our kids, then, you know, do as I do, but not as I, or do as I say, but not as I do, like that's not how we want to live, right? We want to set the example for our kids, and it'll only translate if we do it. And this, I think, this next part is so huge that if we want our kids to have a genuine faith, like they have a, a real relationship with God, not this just like, okay, I'm going to check off the box boxes and go through the motions, but they have a real relationship with God, um, they have to see that it's real for us. Because if we're just checking off the boxes, okay, I went to church today, I read a verse, and I said prayer before my food. Like that's not a real relationship with God. And how can our kids ever grow deeper in their walk with God unless we're doing that too and setting the example of like, this is what it means to really desire God. So, all right, now we want to kind of dive into how as parents we can establish a pattern of Bible reading with our kids. And off the bat, Carrie, you've got three wild, fun boys. <laughs> you've seen this <laughs> firsthand. Kids are not going to read the Bible on their own no. unless you have like the most perfect, awesome child in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Right. There will be days where Seth will say, I want to go read my Bible. But that's not the norm. That's kind right. of the exception to the rule in those days. It's just like brushing their teeth. Like we yeah. have to tr- 
train them to create a pattern of brushing their teeth. Mm -hmm. My daughter, Chloe, who's three, we got this new toothpaste for her. She hates the taste of the toothpaste. And we have to tell her every time we brush her teeth, like, you have to do this. She is never doing it on her own. Mm -hmm. But it's important for her to have good teeth. She should brush her teeth. Reading the Bible, kids are selfish. They're sinful. <laughs> they're naughty kids. And that's why we as parents have to train them and create these, these patterns and establish that you are going to do this because this is important. Right. And, and then, I I'm sorry, but I think also making it fun right, to read yeah. the Bible. You yeah. know, teeth brushing probably isn't ever going to be super <laughs> enjoyable for anybody. Yeah. But reading the Bible can be. And yes. so making it fun, even if you have a thousand other things to do that day with your in your house, you know, there's a lot of work to yeah. being a mom and a dad. But putting all of that aside and deciding that this is going to be fun time that you spend with your kids and um, going into it with the right attitude and making it a really, really great interactive time with your kids is important too. Yeah. So Carrie, you patterns have changed in your household based on the number of kids in your household and their ages and kind of the phases that they're in. So can you tell us right now, what do you do having three completely different aged boys? How do you read the Bible with your kids? So that actually, um, a light bulb went off for me a couple of weeks ago. My husband was gone and um, I was doing our devotion time with the kids at night. We usually do it at nighttime with the boys because in the mornings we're kind of all running in different directions. Aaron needs to go to work and some days I'm here at the church and needing to get out the door. So we do it at nighttime as a family. And for the longest time, probably for the past six months, um, we had found these devotional cards that we had bought before we even had kids, we went to a marriage conference and we saw these ABC devotional cards by Ted Cunningham. Mm. And I found them like six months ago when I was cleaning <laughs> something up in the basement. And I was like, yes, we always planned on doing these cards with our kids. And yeah, finally, cool. we have kids that are old enough that we can sit down and yeah. do these devotional cards. And what's great about them is that there's a scripture for every day. There's mm -hmm. a main point for every day. And then there's life application questions. Hmm. And so we were really loving these cards and it became a battle with my kids to see who was going to brush their teeth the fastest so that they could go pick out the letter for the day. Wow. And so, you know, it was an exciting thing. It just started off with a bang and we loved it. And then my husband went away for work for a couple of weeks and or for a week. And I picked up the Jesus Storybook Bible. We had read that previously and I was like, well, let's just switch modes. You know, it's just mom this week. So let's do this. And can I pause uh, you for just yeah. a second? So she said the Jesus Storybook Bible. We're going to give you at the at the end some suggestions for Bibles. And so you're like, wait, wait, wait. What did, what did she say? What Bible was that? Don't worry. We're going to tell you all about the Bibles that we use and we recommend in just a little bit. Okay. Sorry. Resume. <laughs> okay. So I so I grabbed this Bible. It's so good. The stories are a little bit longer than a typical preschool Bible, um, which is great for a child that's, you know, five years old. That's probably where I would say this is a really, really good Bible for. Yeah. Um, I read this story and it was this kind of funny thing that happened and a light bulb went off in my head that this dynamic in the boys' room at night completely switched. Hmm. And so when we did the devotional cards with our boys, um, Seth was all in. He loved it. He wanted to answer all of the questions. Would usually cut off his brother to answer them first. Which he's five. He's a kindergartner. He's six. Or six. Yeah, he just turned six in January. Um, and so he loved these and he can read now. And so he would oh, read sure. the scripture and he would read, you know, as much yeah. as he could until he got tired of it. And then, but 
On the other bed, we had Gabriel, who's four, and Gabriel is just squirming around. He's antsy. He's jumping on his bed. He's jumping off his bed. Yeah. He's just messing around, driving us bonkers because yeah. we're trying to pour into our kid. Right. And it wasn't working. Well, then that night I pulled out the Jesus Storybook Bible, and Gabriel is as still as a statue, taking wow. everything in. Mm-hmm. And Seth is squirming all over, moving his blankets, tossing his pillow off his bed. And it was like, <laughs> man, alive. Completely reversed. Yes, I can't win. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of started thinking, you know, as much as we know about kids and developmental, like sometimes we just, um, we forget that they need different things, even though they're two years apart. Right. They need something completely different for the stage of life that they're in. And so um, we really try and gear the Bible reading um, and questions and answers and life application towards Seth. Yeah, He needs that, and he can answer those deep questions at this age. Because he's moved on to this this why stage, which we talked about in um, our last full episode, is the different stages of kids. So if you haven't listened to that, check it out. But in this age 5 to 12, it's all about the why. Why do we do the things that we do? Why do we have to make these choices? And so, yeah, I mean, that yeah. totally makes sense that he doesn't want to just read stories. He wants to know, the well, why do I have to act this way? Or why did this person in this story make that choice? Which makes complete sense. Absolutely. And then Gabriel is back a couple of years, and yeah. he is in this I love stories yeah. stage still. Yeah. And he'll probably always be more of that kid. You know, if I look at their personalities, he just loves stories. He yeah. loves to tell them. He loves to hear them. And so that's just, that's kind of how it works in our house. And then Isaac is one and a half. Mm-hmm. And so Isaac can handle maybe like a page and a half Bible yeah. story. So the baby's first Bible is probably still right up his alley. Yeah. Um, and as he gets closer to two, two and a half, then he'll be ready for the next stage. Yeah. Bible. But that's how it works in our house. Cool. Cool. There's something that you said that we'll get to in a little bit about divided um, divided Bible reading time. Um, that's something that currently in my house, most of the time is what we do. So again, I have a three-year-old, uh, she's almost four, and then an almost one-year-old. And so very similar, my Chloe, we had this Bible. It's the, the Bible app for kids um, from Life Church. There's an app that you can get on your, your phone or your, your iPad. There's also a printed version. So we, we read that for a long time for her. And she knows those stories to the point where she can literally say the stories word for word. She doesn't know how to read, but she she knows by looking yep. at the picture, this is exactly how the story goes. And it's super good. What I love about that too is it ties into our preschool curriculum that we teach at church. Right. And so every single story is exactly the same and the applications then are the same. And so for you know all of her life, that's the Bible that we've been reading. Uh, and then Carrie actually introduced me to that that Jesus Storybook Bible, uh, and so we just started to move it to that with Chloe. So it's a brand new Bible, uh, same stories obviously because it's the Bible. But what I really love about this Bible is that it, at the end of the story, whether it's Old Testament stuff, so stuff before Jesus was born, uh, God's old relationship with people with the Jews, or it's New Testament stuff, it always at the end of the story ties it back to Jesus. Like how does this story, the story of David and Goliath? or Samson, or whatever. How do these crazy old stories relate and point towards Jesus, the Savior of the world, you know, our, our Messiah, uh, and, and how our kids should then see how the story of Jesus flows throughout the whole Bible. And Chloe has loved it since, since we've started doing that. And like, she just every single night wants to read that Bible. And for Carson, I've been reading him now that 
that Bible app for kids, Bible stories. And Carson's not a year yet, and he is a wild boy. And so before Ben, I'll sit him on my lap. I'll pull out the stories. The stories are a couple pages long. They're not very long. Each page is like a paragraph. Um, and the whole, t- <laughs> the whole time, he's like slapping the Bible, trying to turn the pages. <laughs> like It's like wrestling a crocodile while trying to read a book with the other hand. Um, but I, I want my son, even at this age, to start to hear these stories and have God's word poured into him. Um, and so there's sometimes where Carson goes to bed before Chloe does. And so there's sometimes where we all sit on, on our bed and we read um, the Jesus Storybook Bible, and then it's just trying to keep Carson entertained. Um, but split devotions are good sometimes. You have yeah. to do that. Yeah, sometimes you just need to separate based on where you're at. You know, yeah. if there are two parents in the house and it's possible Yeah. at night, if you can do it at the same time, that's great. If you need to separate during the day, like have a morning time with one of your kids and an afternoon time with the other one, that's a good way to do it too. So I definitely recommend it because then you can cater it to where they're at. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think for, for parents that have been Christians for a long time or even grew up as Christians, there's kind of this pressure idea like, oh, we, we have to have family. We want to do family devotion time. And I've heard nothing but, you know, bad stories about wild kids trying to do that. But I think that as a goal, getting towards that point, man, that's the dream. So Mm -hmm. if you're not there yet, that's okay. Split devotions is totally okay. And if you're at a point where you can do family joint, everybody can sit down together around the dinner table or on the couch or whatever, and like we're going to read the Bible together and then talk about it, man, that is just, that's best case scenario um, for together time. But as kids get older, um, part of them having their own genuine relationship with Jesus is that they need to have their own personal devotion time, right? And unless they're having that own personal time and and not just mom and dad telling me what to read or choosing what I read or how we're going to talk about it, but that they're figuring this out on their own, that's how their faith is really going to grow and to become and blossom into this, I love Jesus because I have a relationship with him. So one of the ways um, at, at our church that we help elementary kids do that is we created this SOAP journal that we hand out every Sunday, uh, and it ties in with what the kids learned at church. Uh, Every day, we have a verse or a couple of verses um, scattered throughout the whole Bible, and we encourage kids. So that's the S of SOAP is scripture. We tell them to read read this verse a day, and the rest of the acronym of SOAP is the OAP. It's observation. So, hey, when you read this, what popped out to you? Um, And then we encourage kids to either write or draw what in that verse popped out. Uh, Then A is application. So what does God what does God want you to do with what you just read? And then the P is prayer. So write down a prayer, something that you feel like you want to talk to God about based on what you read. And so we chose kind of that format for, for elementary kids as, as they're kind of developing into their own person so that they know kind of what to read. They're kind of getting all sorts of scripture. But then they're really learning on how they're on their own and how to break down what they read. So it's not just reading this. Okay, cool. That was I checked that off the list. I got it done. But instead, really processing through, like, what what did I just read? And then how am I supposed to change my life based on this? And so I, I would highly recommend, if you have kids that are old enough to do that, even teenagers, that find a pattern and find a way to get them to do that. So it's not just reading the Bible. Okay, I'm going to say a quick prayer about things that I want God to do for me. And then I'm done. But instead, find ways to help them process through it. And it could be you talking about it with them afterwards. Um, Brittany, who's our, our children's admin, 
Um, Carrie and I work with her a lot, and her two older boys, one's going into seventh grade, one's going into fourth grade, uh, they have a completely separate pattern of reading the Bible than the other two younger kids. And <laughs> she spends a lot of time talking with them about the stuff that they read. So they read the one-year Bible on their own, and then they talk about it all together. And the kids ask a lot of questions. Yeah, It's funny to hear the things that she tells us they talk about. Yeah, they talk about some really, really deep things. Yeah. Um, but that's something cool that I actually learned from Brittany this mm-hmm. year. We were teaching a class together for our women's conference. And one of the things that she talked about that they started doing in their family in the last year was tithing their time. Um, and so we talk about um, tithing our money a lot in the church, but they learned through this program that they uh, or this class that they were taking about tithing their time and that um, we should spend our time in the word each day just like we would tithe our money to the church. Yeah. And so that was just something really cool that she pointed out mm-hmm. to me. And it's made me look completely different about how I spend my time during the day. Like, there's nothing yeah. more important than giving that first. That's good. Yeah. You know, if we want our kids to have a relationship with Jesus, if we want them to make it to heaven, if we want them to be good, sweet kids, if we want, the, if we want them to obey us, the only way that that's going to happen, I mean, we can discipline them till, man, there's nothing left. We could, we could take everything away from them. We could, whatever the thing that's truly going to change them is, is God. Is God changing their heart. Um, and for that to happen, Bible reading is essential. It's only going to happen if our kids are reading the Bible. And so we can come up with a million excuses about, well, we get busy or we're tired or we're always running around or whatever, but, you know, it's your family. And do you want, if we want our families to be strong together, then we have to. It's, it's imperative to get the Bible reading in with our kids every single day. Um, Two other things that I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Carrie, but um, with my daughter Chloe, on Monday on Mondays we have we have off, uh, my wife and I, and so that's always our family day, and so <laughs> it's kind of like a Saturday morning kind of feel where it's like we try to get up a little bit later if we can, and sometimes Chloe wakes up at the break of dawn. And it's like oh man, she's not gonna go back to bed like, but we want to sleep a little bit longer. Our son is still sleeping, and so I'll turn on. Uh, on YouTube, there's this channel um, It's just like all animated Bible stories. And they're really funny. And so it's almost like Saturday morning cartoons for her. But it's just this YouTube playlist where it's got like almost 200 of them. It's it's really, really good. It's it's actually Saddleback Church. So Rick Warren, uh, it's his kids program that came up with this. So again, it's Saddleback Kids. Uh, it's their animated Bible stories. Um, and they're, they're short videos. They're like three, four minutes. And they're just... They're solid and they're super funny and entertaining, but she'll just blaze through all of them and, <laughs> and watch them and she'll stay super entertained to that. And so that's been great because then she's, again, she we could just turn on, you know, Daniel Tiger or something else for her, but man, I want her to start her day in the Word. So sometimes I'll do that. And then another thing, um, sometimes we do this because we want her to spend time in the Word first thing in the morning. Sometimes we're in the car or we're at home and it's like, I need you to be quiet for a little bit and <laughs> just take a little break. And so I've talked about this in a previous podcast, but on Spotify, there are there's Bible stories that people narrate and they're interactive and they're, you know, they're really well done. And so even this morning, both of my kids woke up way earlier than normal and like they're just wild today. And it's like, I need to get ready. So you sit down, eat some cherry, <laughs> eat some cherries, 
and listen to the Bible stories. <laughs> <laughs> We've all had those moments. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's it was great. You know, mm-hmm. Chloe was talking to me about the stories that she was listening to and asking questions and stuff. Um, and so there's there's tons of ways to get the scripture into your kid's life. Yeah. Right now, media also has a yeah. lot of great resources on there. And so my kids have, Seth has been watching Superbook. Yeah. Um, right now, so media good. since he was two. Yeah. And um, recently, he got exposed to what's in the Bible here at so church, good. and yeah. he loves it. Yep. But again, we're at two different stages, and so Seth loves what's in the Bible, and yeah. Gabriel loves Superbook or Bible yeah. Man and things like that. But Bible Man, so Bible funny. Bible Man is they, old school, but yeah, they, they came, came out with a cartoon. New. Yeah. And yeah. so on Sunday nights um, before church or Sunday night service, my daughter eats dinner, and I'll throw on Bible Man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's, so it's kind of cheesy, but. For her, she loves it because there's a girl Bible, Bible girl. and Yeah. But they're seeing a ton of scriptures and like fighting evil and stuff. And Yeah. The moral of the story is all, it always points back to God. And so right. that's so good. And so we use those resources a lot in our house too yeah. because it's great to turn something on and not worry about what your kids are watching too. Exactly. It's great stuff. And you know that they're getting fed really, really, really good meat there. Cool. Well, let's talk about, uh, let's kind of close it out today with our recommended Bibles. So things that we, Bibles that we've used, because there's tons of different styles of Bibles, translations, um, but there's about four that we really want to talk about for different age groups. Uh, And so can you tell us about um, the Bible app for kids and then the Jesus Storybook Bible? Yeah. So there's actually two different ways that you can get the Bible app for kids Bible. So you can have it as an app on your phone, which is really great if you are going to a restaurant or if you're taking a plane ride and you're going to be stuck in the airport for an hour, you can always just pull that out for your kids. And there's little games that they can play. And it's interactive. Well. Yes, it's super interactive. So each page there, you can push on the different characters and they make motions and movements and sounds. And the kids always laugh when it's an animal making a crazy sound or if it's <laughs> a guy from the story of Noah where they're like screaming out the windows. <laughs> it's super funny. And it's free. And it's free. Which is awesome. Which is really, really great. Um, so that's what we use for our kids if we're out and about and doing things that are busy. Like right now we're at T-ball and soccer a couple times a week. And so that's something I can give Isaac my phone if he's stuck in the stroller for hours then after a while he's had it and so I can say hey use this you know yeah. for the two minutes that it lasts him it at least gives me two minutes of sanity so and which that's is great way way more meaningful than him just watching YouTube videos yes absolutely yeah um, and then there's the paper copy which is the Bible app for Jesus storybook Bible and that has a ton a ton of Bible stories in it um, that you can read with your kids. It's the same pictures that you're going to find on the app on your phone, but you can sit down, and that way your child is physically holding a Bible in their hands. And then what we love about it is that it does, it matches up with the curriculum that we use here um, for our kids in preschool. So our three to five year olds are using that here at our church, and it's so, so good. Yeah. Um, what's really great about it is, you know, here at church, we use the same Bible story for an entire month. And we do that on purpose because of the repetition that we get from it. And so for an entire month, Gabriel will grab the um, Bible app for kids storybook Bible and he'll bring it to me. And the only story that he wants that month is the same story that we're doing at church. That's cool. And what's really interesting is you would think he'd want something different because Mm -hmm. as adults we would. But as kids, they don't. They want to be masters of these stories. And so and we want that for our kids, too, is to know the content inside and out, backwards and forwards, so that they can 
look back on it years from now. Yeah. And we've had a couple of those moments with Gabriel where we've been talking about something completely different, a different Bible story, but then he'll bring up Abraham and Abraham's faith. And so that's really cool to see that. And then the other book that or Bible that we use at our house is the Jesus Storybook Bible. And just like Pastor Josh said, we um, we got that because I heard some recommendations from friends that used it with their kids and they loved it. And I ended up just finding it on clearance. And I was like, well, sure, I'll give it a try. And within the first opening story, really just giving the overview of what that Bible was going to be about, I was in tears because yeah. it was beautiful just it thinking is. about Jesus mm-hmm. and everything that he did for us. And it then always ties back to him. It always ties back to him, which mm-hmm. is so great that Jesus is our hero, just like David was the hero in the story. And um, in the Old Testament, pointing to him that there was one day going to be a hero that would come and save the day. And so that's just so great. And we love it with my kids. Um, Yeah. And even when I read it with Seth, yes, he's getting a little bit older. But if I tie in a couple of extra questions in there for him, then it's so great. Because the Bibles are made for a preschooler but the content hasn't changed it's good for an adult yeah so those are the things that we really like at our house cool and now for a little bit older kids um for elementary age kids or even like super mature preschool kids uh actually here on on my desk as we're recording this i had these two bibles and so the first one is called the action bible and this is super cool especially for me who's a comic book nerd superhero nerd um it's literally a comic book like the entire Bible is turned into comic book panels and stories. And so it's written with speech bubbles and then like the action Bible. And so it's really dynamic and the art looks just like a comic book today. And so for boys who are like, I don't want to read. I hate to read. I just want to watch something. This Bible is awesome for that. It's perfect for that. And then uh, the other Bible that is just, man, I could not recommend this enough is the Fire Bible for Kids. Again, it's the Fire Bible for Kids. It's this orange, shiny Bible. Um, What's really, really great about this Bible is that um, probably about a decade ago, the Assemblies of God um, went through and added a bunch of commentary, so kind of helping to break down uh, based on our belief on on what the Scripture means. And so for kids, it's written so that they can read the the Scripture, and then there's a little section where it helps them understand what they just read and how it applies to their life. And it's just, it's so well put together. Uh, and it'll be good for kids all through elementary, even in, even into middle school. I mean, you could still, an adult could read that and still get a ton of out, ton out of it. And then as they grow older, they have different versions of the Fire Bible. And so that's my, currently my favorite style of, of physical Bible uh, is the Fire Bible, the adult version. Uh, and then there's a, a Fire Bible for teens, which kind of helps, you know, teens figure out stuff that they're going through. So those are our four Bibles uh, that we to- totally recommend, uh, things that we use in our homes right now, and then we've seen our kids grow as a result of using them. So Carrie, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and your experience. Really appreciate you. Thanks for having me. So just to recap real quick, if you want your kids to have a dynamic relationship with Jesus, then every day they need to spend time in the Word of God. And if we need to set the example for them. So let your kids know that you're reading the Bible, show it to them, uh, talk about what you read that day, and then find opportunities, no matter where it is or what it is, to get the Word of God into them every single day. That'll change them. If they spend time in God's Word, they will be more like Jesus. Your house will be more filled with peace and with joy, uh, and your family will grow closer together because you're doing things the way that God created it to be done. Well, we're excited for you and how God's Word will transform your life. Let us know. 
let either Carrie or I know on social media or send us an email. Uh, what are some patterns that you're doing currently to read the Bible? And what has worked for your family? And then what are some things that you're going to try to do to make sure that the Bible is a part of your family's life? Today, we hope you feel more confident in your role as a parent and that your family's best days are ahead. Subscribe right now so that you'll always be the first to hear new content from the Confident Parent Podcast. And if you're excited about this, please let somebody know. You can send them a text right now about it. Our podcast will grow as you rate and review. So as episodes come out, please share with the world what you think. Oak Creek Assembly of God is a church in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. And if you live anywhere in the Milwaukee area, we invite you to come join us on our Sunday morning services at 8 and 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're all in when it comes to kids, and we know that your kid's going to love it. Hope to see you here soon. There's no perfect way to parent, and all of us are trying to figure out how to do this. We're praying for you and believing that the best is yet to come for your family.